With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, State of the Nation Hour 2. Here we go. James O'Neill trying to get my uh, trying to get my knickers in a twist here there on the top of the hour news break. I'm Brian McLean. They call me Hesher. I'm right here at State of the Nation. Steve Hook is with me. Steve, great to be with you for the second hour here as we roll into State of the Nation. Ah, it's just like old, old you know, old home week here once again having had some time off. It's good to be back and uh but just like always the first hour went way way quicker than than you would suspect. It's good yeah. to be with you. Absolutely. So uh, building off what James O'Neill was just talking about there, uh, we've got this headline right here I wanted to throw at you. Lab-grown meat, meat in air quotes there, to replace old-fashioned meat, also in air quotes, for pets in UK. What does this mean? So a synthetic lab-grown meat product is about to hit the market in the United Kingdom with its first customers being British dogs. They're going after the dogs, Steve. They're going to make the yeah. dogs eat the fake meat. Um, this just bugs me to so many extents. And I use the word bugs um, as a pun intended because <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, they're going to be feeding your dog lab-grown meat with bugs in it. And then right after that, that's what you're going to be fed. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 almost... Uh... Uh, it's dystopian. It's brave new world meets Orwell uh, meets uh, Soylent Green. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, it's just so uh, it, it, it's so ridiculous. It also helps explain why people like Bill Gates are buying up all this farmland. Uh, it's obvious what's going on. If, if you think reducing people's meat consumption is going to save the planet, then uh, you're not trying to save the planet. Uh, you're trying to replace meat consumption with uh, something that you you yourself have heavily invested in. Um, yes, that's you know whether it's bugs, fake meat, or any green energy, uh, alternative energy product uh, these days. It's 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 I I'm, I don't know, man. No, I was highly with you, though, when yeah. I, you're right. Highly ahead. invested in by NGOs, by corporations, by people like Bill Gates. You know it. You yeah, know, by governments. Hard. Yeah, by governments as part of that whole World Economic Forum ghoul crowd of Davos morons that fly in in their private jets and drive around with their SUV entourages and, you know, I don't know, barbecue babies. I don't know what the heck they do, but they certainly aren't looking <laughs> after the planet themselves. Well, I'll tell you this, Hash, just uh, for, for what it's worth, um, for Christmas dinner, my family had short ribs and they were delicious. And yes. I cooked them in my brand new very nice dutch oven and they were absolutely delicious and i think i might have more next week that's how good they were <laughs> uh you'll peel my uh baby back ribs out of my uh cold dead hands is is what i'm trying to tell you these were short ribs not baby backs to be fair but i love baby backs too uh screw these people and screw their agenda that's all i have to say yeah, there is no America in a great reset, okay? The great reset and America are ideas that are mutually exclusive. They do not work together. There's no wedging one into the other. You can have one or the other, uh, but you can't have uh, the one that the Americans want. Well, exactly the right. Exactly. 
Yeah, it's exactly right. Just like you can't have quote unquote progressivism uh, and a constitutional republic. Those two cannot yeah. uh, coexist. They just can't. So they have to destroy it. Um, and like I said, screw them. Yeah. By the way, exactly. speaking of speaking of politics, did you see Nikki Haley stepping in it? Nikki oh, yeah. Haley. Oh my God. You talk about an unforced error. It's like Nikki Haley was looking for the rake in the room and then went over and stepped on it. She was asked about what the, what the civil war was all about. Uh, and the one word she didn't mention was slavery. And of course she's from South Carolina. You figure she'd know better. And now they're giving her, giving her all kinds of grief over that. Tom Cotton. This is one of my favorite responses because now look, I think it's stupid to mention the Civil War without mentioning slavery. You'd have to be a moron not to do it. And Nikki Haley didn't do it. So that, you know, that's kind of self, that, that kind of explains itself. But Tom Cotton had a great response on X. He said, the Civil War started because the American people elected an anti-slavery Republican as president and Democrats revolted rather than accept minor restriction on the expansion of slavery to the Western territories. Well, now that is a... That is a thimbleful history, a, th a thimble of history, but it's absolutely true. And Nikki Haley couldn't even bring herself to say that. So it's, I don't know. She's the one that they all want, though, man. Nikki Haley. Have you noticed that? The drum beat for Nikki Haley is getting stronger. Nobody wants the, her. <laughs> they, well, they want us to. The surviving Koch brother wants her. Yeah. yeah, of course. They want her. Yeah, exactly. The, that, that foundation will take her. Yeah, I don't think the American public wants her, though. I think it's uh, media sheen that we're seeing here. A veneer, if you will. And real quick, Steve, before uh, we get to our news break here, um, I wanted to throw this one out there because I've been driving around today and I've seen, you know, the trash pickup happening. Here's a headline. Thieves may target homes based on holiday trash. All right. So if you got a 72 inch uh, QLED or a Samsung this Christmas, maybe turn the box inside out. Maybe don't put it out until the morning of uh, pickup, but don't leave uh, expensive boxes for expensive products sitting outside your home here in the United States this season. It's uh it's just not going to be a good idea because we've just got so much crime right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, just want to throw that one out there, Steve. Yeah, just be careful with your garbage because people will steal what's inside your house because of the garbage they see outside your house. God, uh, Bidenomics, man, it's working. Bidenomics. Building back better. Building back better. Here's what we're doing. Yeah, better for who? We're not quite sure. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? You think we're doing a good job? Please let us know. We'd love it if you'd drop us a positive review, a comment on Facebook, Instagram, Gab, Gitter, or any of the social platforms where you find TNT Radio because we're on all of them. So help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies. We need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Wednesday, the New York Times filed a lawsuit against Microsoft for OpenAI for allegedly uh, using the publication's copyrighted articles without permission to construct their generative artificial intelligence tools. Here with the story, joining us once again is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark. Uh, Ruckus looks like uh, OpenAI back in the news again. What's happening here? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um 
it would be the same as if like we sat down and read a bunch of uh, New York Times articles and then just kind of plagiarized off of it, right? Um, is sort of what they're arguing here. They basically say that they are using all of their articles, the New York Times, to train the artificial intelligence-powered chatbots that everyone likes so much. You know the ones. Um, according to the lawsuit, the companies, again, this is Microsoft and OpenAI, uh, they used a number of online sources to train their AI systems, but, quote, they gave Times, New York Times, um, content particular emphasis when building their large language models, LLMs, revealing a preference that recognizes the value of those works, end quote. That's right. You, you have to take this with a grain of salt, a straight face. Try not the value. I love it. So hard. Uh, but this is the news. Just we got to get through it, guys. I know it's silly as heck, but uh, the Times claims that, quote unquote, millions of its articles were used to create products that, quote, compete with it, end quote. And thus, this threatens its ability to continue to provide its services. <laughs> uh, the complaint states that Microsoft and OpenAI used copyrighted material to train Bing Chat and Chat GPT. It accused the companies of attempting to hitch a, quote, free ride on the Times' massive investment in its propaganda, I'm sorry, journalism, by using it to build substitutive products without permission or payment, end quote. Ah, there's what it's really about, money. Furthermore, according to the complaint, the company's products produce, quote, verbatim excerpts and detailed summaries, end quote, of the media outlets pieces, the party parties excuse me, have reportedly attempted to reach an agreement on using the copyrighted content, but negotiations have not yielded a resolution. Uh, furthermore, part of, quoting from the lawsuit here, quote, publicly defendants insist, insists that their conduct is protested as, quote unquote, fair use because their unlicensed use of copyrighted content to train generative AI models serves as a new quote-unquote transformative purpose but there is nothing quote-unquote transformative about using the times content without payment to create products that substitute for the times and steal audiences away from it end quote the times seeks to hold the companies quote responsible for the billions of dollars in statutory and actual damages that they owe for the unlawful copying and the use of the Times uniquely valuable work, end quote. And according to the media outlet, generative AI products, quote, threaten high quality journalism, end quote, noting that abandoned traditional business models and quote unquote misinformation have made it, quote, harder than ever, end quote, to produce what they describe, gentlemen, as, quote, Great journalism, end quote. I think I'll leave it at that so we can finish making fun of the New York Times. What do you think about this one? <laughs> I just think it's funny that the New York Times is good. The, the, the liberals, the liberal progressive uh, Marxist at the New York Times are going to sue the liberal progressive Marxist that runs Silicon Valley for stealing their capitalistic, uh, you know, customer base, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing is so, so twisted. I mean. I thought that if you went on chat GBT or one of these type things and say, write me a murder story based in the 1450s in the style of Shakespeare, that it would do that. 
Is anybody going on and saying, write me a story about, oh, I don't know, COVID in the style of the New York Times? I mean, I thought that chat GBT just kind of made it up word for word. I don't know a damn thing about it, I guess. Uh, I'm maybe the wrong guy to ask, but that's what do you think about this? It seems a little bit. Seems like New York Times is scared is what it sounds like. I th- I love the point you made, Steve, because they're suing Microsoft, right, as one of these things, and they're suing op- um, OpenAI, right? So we've flagged up a number of so-called journalists or so-called you know new journalistic platforms that seem to be using these things to write their own articles first off so there's that which is hard to pin down but it does seem to be a thing and you will find those sort of um chat gpt style tools that will do things like that um the other thing is the <laughs> newsguard is also highly associated with microsoft so newsguard actually is one of those outfits that brings places like the new york times that high value right because new york times of course they're gonna use the whatever the cia tells them to as their talking points pretty much overall when it comes to the high level view at least and uh yeah so we've actually got newsguard and microsoft and facebook and all these giant silicon valley and media entities actually bolstering the new york times by saying oh well these other these other sites this tnt radio this is not an authoritative source it doesn't get high value tagging you know what is that that also indicates that there is low value tagging to be associated with misinformation disinformation or malinformation one must assume so you know it, it is it's sort of like they're suing their own you know there's a money grab here a power grab who actually owns it you know um it, this is something that i'm not surprised to see at all and uh yeah. I, I just i just hope it ricochets back on all of them i hope it ricochets back on microsoft i hope it ricochets back on the new york times somehow in some way and uh, what is it going to mean for journalism moving forward? I mean, this could, Ruckus, this could actually be a very uh, precedent-setting case when it comes to the new abnormal of an AI-infected uh, world. Yeah, they, they definitely want the proverbial air quote. They definitely want to move the world towards this concept of uh, trusted information, uh, i.e. sources. So they say um, you can only go to this place for news about this subject you can only go here for news about that and it's really going to be fed to us that way and it doesn't matter whether or not we're trying to seek that out for ourselves online or if it's being fed to our feeds on our social media our phones they really just want to kill independent journalism uh period and i'm sure they'll work at a deal it'll probably be i'm just taking a wild guess here that it'll be a um the way that musicians get paid uh royalties so perhaps uh, the end of the day, they'll decide, yes, uh, ChatGPT, OpenAI unfairly uh, earned um, its intelligence or its, its content from this this place. And they'll say, OK, you get a 1% commission for whatever, if it gets monetized. I don't even know how that works. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, what does that mean for people like us who report on the news and say, well, according to the New York Times, or did we just break because we're like reporting about what they're reporting about? I mean... The only one who can report about it is the New York Times, so you have to go only there. This is crazy. I don't like where this is headed. Yeah, yeah. and well, you got to wonder like what happens to your and my your and my data and the conversations that happen here on TNT and some of the you know journalism that's done here and our colleagues posting journalism on on their respective websites. 
you know, the, the GPTs are in those too. And they're, they're yeah, where's our on, cut? Yeah, exactly. Like, do we get to sue <laughs> over copyright when they quote like one of us or one of our colleagues and call it, even if they call it misinformation or tag it poorly, it's like, well, you know, someone out there, New York Times is making click money on it. So do we all get a share? Or like you said, Steve, does this just turn into, you know, like the music industry and you're going to get, you know, there's some automated system that's going to be doling out fractions of a penny based on. Well, this is exactly the kind of stuff that we knew all of this kind of stuff was going to happen once we started getting into AI and all of this. It's like, well, this is a Pandora's box. We have no idea what's going to happen. It kind of reminds me of when we, when at the turn of the millennia, when everybody thought it was Y2K was going to wipe out civilization. Now we're we're having the same conversation with with uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT, and, and New York Times said, "Well, we're going to get in front of this thing and we're going to sue them for a lot of money. That's what we're going to do." Okay, where's our cut? Yeah, and in the background of all this, uh, a former president and former first lady are making Netflix movies about the end of America because of a cyber polygon sort of attack, some sort of EMP or something like that. I don't know. I clicked out a half hour into the movie <laughs> because it's such garbage. But the fact that the Obamas are making apocalypse films around you know topics that are tangentially related to this are very yeah. uh, disconcerting. Thank you, Ruckus. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. I'm just going to do a little voice. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me. And I was trying to figure it out. And I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before but you made it into a problem and now your body image issues are worse 
That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm looking at a story from, uh, no shocker here, state of California. Uh, California Republicans are blasting, blasting a state law that requires stores to have gender-neutral toy sections. So we know what they're doing with regards to education. They're forcing kids to, uh, or uh, teachers, and uh, and I don't know if teachers' unions are involved in this, but a lot of them are pushing this transition trans stuff on them. Uh, and uh, the DEI and all of this stuff. And now we're getting them stepping into lo- into our local toy stores and saying you have to have gender-neutral toy sections so our education that we're pounding down their heads in fifth grade, uh, they can come to a toy store and feel safe, I guess. What is going on in society right now uh, with this kind of garbage? having a lot of issues going on in education and and what you touch upon regarding gender neutral bathrooms and uh gender identification and students given the rights to uh transition without parent notification this is this is going on one way to help curb this is by making the top education leader in, in counties for example like in san diego county make that an elected position because when you elect the top educational leader and that would be the county superintendent of schools you are able to hold that person accountable through a vote versus when you have let's say a teacher you know what the process is like to get rid of a teacher it's virtually impossible there's stacks of teachers that should be terminated that are sitting in rooms just on special assignment because they don't feel that they can actually be with children anymore. So they, they place them in rooms. They still get a salary. They still are able to hold their credentials. So I wrote an article about this, how important it is for the County Office of Education to elect the top educational leader, uh, uh, vote them in instead of appointing them into a bo- board members, because it, it kind of takes out a little bit of the politics. So, they're not put in there by a bunch of board members that are motivated by special interest groups. Oftentimes, that's the union who stick the person in there that they feel um, is more in line with that liberal type of thinking. And, and this, is, this is something that, that goes statewide. And most people who don't have children in school aren't really attuned to what's going on in education. They say, I don't have kids in school or my kids have graduated. But... Education affects two major things in all areas. One is property values. There is a direct correlation between the academic performance of a local school or a district and property values. So if, if you own a house, you're going to want that school district to do better because financially, it's better for you. High-performing schools, high property values. Lower-performing schools, lower property values. Another thing is crime. Did you know that 68% of prison inmates do not have a high school diploma? This is a direct correlation. So having the top educational leader elected 
gives the people more of a voice versus having them appointed where good luck trying to get rid of them. It's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. And you mentioned um, special interest groups being uh, sort of behind some of the decision making that's made on these boards. We've seen similar things from uh, some of the unions, the teachers unions. Uh, it tends to get very nasty, very political, and um, it leaves a lot of room for, you know, it leaves a lot of space for vulnerabilities, you know, nepotism, uh, cronyism, and, and things like this. I mean, um, do, is there... Is this happening in how many states is it set up like this in all of them or is this a blue state thing or you know how do we fix this most teachers unions if you talk to the union bosses who are controlling these unions they will let you know straight out we are here to support teachers we're a teachers union we're not a student union the, the people who support the students are the parents and oftentimes parents don't feel like they have a voice. We heard in the back when parents were protesting at school board meetings, do you remember this? They were going to be labeled as terrorists. These are oh, parents yes. advocating for the kids' rights, and they want to label them as terrorists. They were monitoring them. So it was very challenging for parents to go into a board meeting, talk to a bunch of board members who were essentially placed into the position through generous uh, donations from special interest groups, like I said, some, that's a lot of the special interest groups are teachers' union, and it, it makes the parents voiceless. So who's advocating for our kids? It's not the unions, and it's, it's obviously not some of the far-left liberals that are forcing these, these social justice things down our students' throats when what they really should be doing is teaching our kids how to read, how to write, and how to do math. Because you, yeah. the, the numbers speak for themselves. 68% of the people in prison, they don't have a high school diploma. Yeah. Well, Mark Powell, um, listen, we're going to take a real quick headline. And when we get back, I want to continue on this vein because uh, it, it is. It, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier in the program. They've they, they've helped create this problem. Politicians, teachers unions, NGOs, and the like. And yet, when a, when the obvious solution is staring them in the face, they want no part of that. I'm talking about school choice. I'm talking about homeschooling, charter schools, and the like. So we got to take a quick headline. But when we get back. Uh, Mark Powell, you can dive in on that and give us your thoughts. You're listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Here's a headline. This news just in TNT Radio News. Ready? Go, go, go. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Storm Garrett has caused significant disruption across Scotland, leading to power outages in thousands of homes and impacting the travel network. The World Health Organization has emphasized the need for a global shift towards more plant-based diets and reduced meat consumption as a measure to address climate change and improve public health. In Beijing and northeast China, there have been reports of an increase in pneumonia-related deaths amid a severe cold wave and a surge in respiratory illnesses. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio.
Okay, you're listening to State of the Nation and perhaps even watching State of the Nation. Our guest is Mark Powell. Mark, thanks for hanging in. Now, we were talking about uh, the uh, teachers' unions and the politicians and the political hacks that basically are shoving what I consider our public school system basically to be a government petri dish for social experimentation these days. We're seeing it on uh, college campuses and university campuses as well. Uh, But you're, you're seeing it shoved down our throats, shoved down our kids' throats. And when parents do respond to it, as they did in Virginia, we know what the overwhelming response is. We don't like it. Well, they're not going to offer that solution, though, are they, Mark? They're going to offer more of the same. We need to spend more money on the schools. We need to send more money to teachers' unions and sit down and shut up, or we're going to call you a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. Um, that's not going to work, is it, Mark? You're not going to be able to stifle parents, yet they're doing all they can to do that. Now, one thing that we do know is people with money, have choices. They have multiple choices on what they can do, where they're going to live, the kind of car they're going to drive. And another choice is where they're going to send their kids to school. And we've seen here locally groves of parents scraping up as much money as they can to pull their kids out of public school. And when they can't afford to place them into a private school, they have limited options. Parents with money have options to put their kids in a private school. Parents with little or no money have few choices other than going to that neighborhood school that is failing. That's why it's important for school districts to be able to encourage the development of charter schools. Charter schools are public schools that run off of a charter. They are they're a, a way for parents to have a choice. Without that option of the charter schools, which are essentially trying to be shut down all over the United States, those parents who are in low-performing schools, some are socially, um, they don't have a lot of money, socially, socially economically, they're, they're disadvantaged. They are stuck, and it creates a cycle of poverty, a cycle of non-education, and it actually, those kids who do not get that good education, who do not graduate, have a three and a half times greater likelihood of ending up incarcerated, ending up on the streets, ending up raiding a store and ripping off everything in the store, going into a gang, and you've seen these on TVs. These are teenagers. They're running into stores, and they're running out, stealing everything, and because in California, if the value is under $950, guess what? Nothing happens. They get a snap on the wrist, and that's it. So it, it almost encourages these kids to perpetuate crime. They know they're not going to be arrested, especially if they're juveniles, they're not going to be arrested. They have, lack the education to get a good job. And this all stems from the lack of parents to have a choice to educate their kids. They do have the choice to homeschool their kids, but when you're working, how are you going to homeschool your kid? I, I got to yeah. go to work. I don't. I can't stay home. You know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing a big explosion in it. A lot of people are trying to figure out how to work around that. They're discovering, you know, um, homeschool education pods, you know, in their neighborhoods, or starting them, you know, and you know, maybe one parent takes one day off a week or has a four day work week. Like people are going the extra mile now. 
Um, but the charter schools, you're right, they're completely under attack. And it's one of the school, it's one of the main linchpins in the whole school choice uh, debate across the nation. I mean, uh, how important do you, do you think that this, this to me, it seems like it would be really important uh, talking point in the coming election. Um, but I don't know if it's going to really be among the top ones. What, what do you think? Is there a, a political route out of this? Or is this a grassroots sort of thing that parents just have to figure out one way or another and be in the fight if they have to keep their kids in a charter or public? One of the main topics that's up on the election is the economy. Of course, the economy is not doing well. We've seen price increases. People are having a harder time making ends meet. A lot of this has to do with the kind of job you're going to get. A lot of the, a lot of the things that are going to determine what job you're going to get is the level of education you have. So back, back again, it goes to education. But one thing I think school districts should really be worried about is artificial intelligence. Because artificial intelligence is ramping up in such a way, it may be able to replace a segment of teachers. I don't believe it's ever going to replace all teachers, but it may be able to replace a large segment of teachers. And I know teachers right now that use artificial intelligence to write a lesson plan. They use this AI, chat GPT, to write emails to the parents. They use it to, to help, their, help grade their parents. They can virtually take care of almost all of their administrative tasks through AI. And that's going to start to deplete school districts of teachers and resources. So if I were a school district leader at this point, I would be very concerned with the impact AI is going to have. It may come to a point where your laptop computer can provide all the educational resources a student will need to study at home. And that's greatly going to help parents with homeschooling, it's going to help them with their assignments, the curriculum, with the lesson plans. And more parents may have the option to say, hey, you know what? I'm not down with this uh, indoctrination of the far left radicals, and I'm pulling my kid out. I'm going to utilize artificial intelligence. It's going to facilitate my instruction at home as a parent, and, and we're done with this system. And so if I were the school districts, I think that they should start becoming a little bit more proactive when it comes to parents' demands, and they need to actually listen to what parents want and treat parents more like customers, not like, um, I don't want to use the word. Uh, Domestic terrorist? Less than a customer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's cheap. That was the word. That's what I was going to yeah. say. You got uh, it. Well, I, I would just say, Mark, I would just say that, and, and every time I hear this story, it's 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 always the same old, same old, And I, I, for, as far as where the problems lie. I think most of us, I'm a parent now. Both of my kids are, are, are thankfully adults. They made it through the, and I live in an area that's got a pretty good public education system. I've got a good public school system near me. But you're right. I could afford to be there, but these schools in the inner cities that have got graduation rates of less than 20%, their answer is just shovel more money at these schools and that's going to fix it. Parents aren't stupid. I'm reminded 
uh, years ago when that great documentary Waiting for Superman came out. And it talked all about these. It, it, if you haven't seen it, Hesher, you ought to watch it. And Mark, I'm sure you've probably seen it. But it, it, it really is an interesting, it's an interesting story because it follows parents in Washington, D.C. district schools. And they are like begging to get into the uh into the, in, in they do basically a, a lottery system to get kids into these charter schools and you see the parents praying with their children before they go to the lottery the next day hoping their number comes up and i'm reminded that the first thing that president barack obama did upon taking office in 2008 was cut all federal funding to charter schools inside the District of Columbia. So they don't want to fix the problem. They want these kids uneducated uh, and, and and just socially tied at the hip to the federal government. It's sickening. And I do hope that parents get involved. And hey, if OpenAI and ChatGPT and uh, artificial intelligence can hate, help that endeavor, uh, I trust them more than I trust uh, Randy Weingarten. Put it that way. <laughs> So true. You know, this, when you hear about all of these shootings that go on in Chicago over the weekend and these shootings in D.C. and these carjackings, these aren't 40-year-old men doing it. These are teenagers. These are yeah. kids shooting each other. These are kids that have failed in school. They're not educated. They're having a hard time struggling. And the kids that do go to school, they don't want to go to school with these guys. They're scared. They're being shaken down in the hallways. They're getting their lunch money stolen. They're getting their chain snapped off their neck. If you, They can't even wear a nice pair of tennis shoes in these schools because they'll just have them stolen. And the schools are unsafe. They don't have enough wow. law enforcement on the campus. They're not enforcing the rules. That's a whole other topic. By how, you know, every school in the United States should have a police officer on that campus every school especially yeah. in light of when you hear about these school shootings then it becomes a reactive thing so schools need to be need to be safer and we need to educate our students teach them how to read write and 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 do math and leave the sex education and the transition stuff that's between the kid and the parent not between yeah. the teacher and the kid. mark mark we're I'm not trying to cut you off, but by the way, I just might add, uh, you might want to teach them uh, civics and American history as well. But Mark Powell, uh, listen, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We certainly hope we can get you back. We'll talk about this subject and a whole lot of other subjects that you're uh, familiar with on the next time. But thank you for being with us on State of the Nation today, Mark. You have a wonderful day, my man. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Brian. All right. Take care. You're listening to State of the Nation and maybe even watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. We'll be back after this. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Stop letting leftists set the agenda. Stop letting them turn nothing burgers into the most pressing issues of the day. Stop letting them use words like inclusion, equity, fairness, and diversity as cudgels to beat you into submission. Stop bowing, stop scraping, stop bending the knee, and stop giving them what they desire, an abject apology, assuring them that they'll get their way and everything will be fine. Because it won't be fine. That won't be the last complaint. Every time you submit to them, you encourage them. You give them more fuel for their next attack. And it will go on for 
decades. The Onondaga Nation complained to Syracuse University about the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978. And here we are, 45 years later, the Onondaga Nation is complaining to Liverpool High School about using Warriors as their athletic mascot. For 45 years it was fine, but now all of a sudden in 2023 it's not. Stop giving in to this culture of destruction. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. Two, think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. Three, it's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I am very happy to re-welcome to the show a friend, a colleague, a family member at this point, Lynn Shaw, joining us right here on State of the Nation. Lynn, of course, host of Lynn's Warriors, which can be found on YouTube. Lynn, it's great to see you. Thank you for joining us here on State of the Nation. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and happy coming New Year. Brian and Steve, I am so thrilled to be back with both of you. First of all, if you don't mind my saying, I think you need a little female empowerment, but that's okay. I am here to provide that today. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and I'm looking forward to a great new year. 2024, I think, will be one of the most important years, of certainly of my life, uh, going forward. There's a lot happening. I'm with yeah. you, Lynn. I, I think we're with you on that. We've been talking, Steve and I, we've been talking with all our guests and you and all our colleagues about this coming year for a while now, 2024. I mean, Steve, are we even willing to make any predictions at this point other than the madness and the circus shall continue to evolve? I, You know, I don't want to, on our last guest, Lynn, we were talking uh, to, I don't know if it, it was actually our guest before Mark, um, Keith. And we were talking about Catherine Herridge on CBS this morning or one of the Sunday shows, I think it actually was, uh, maybe uh, Meet the Press. She said, and I have always trusted Catherine Herridge's work, and this scares me that she would say it because it's something that's been on our mind. She said 2024 may be a black swan event for the United States. Uh, simply because of the policies that have left our border wide open, that are let that have led to uh, this ten thousand person caravan marching through southern Mexico towards our southern border now, because uh, we don't know who all's in those groups. I hope two thousand twenty four is not like that. I hope we don't have some massive attack, but uh, that's what scares me. Um, I'm always typically more optimistic than that. But what do you think, Lynn? What do you think we're in for as a nation? 
I think we are in for exactly a black swan event. I think I am surprised something has not happened already. As you both know, I'm sitting here in the middle of New York City. This is not sustainable, what I am seeing on the streets. Every time I talk to you, it gets 100 times worse by the time we talk again. Let me just share something, if I may, a little story about Christmas Eve. I decided that I needed to run out and buy one last gift. And because all of the bookstores around us have closed, I had to go to 46th and 5th Avenue. So I said to myself, let me get out early. Let me not walk down 5th Avenue because of the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center and the crowds, Christmas Eve. So I walked on 6th Avenue. And it occurred to me, Brian and Steve, it used to be called in the day and when I was growing up, Avenue of the Americas. Nobody calls 6th Avenue anymore Avenue of the Americas. But let me share with you something that is haunting me and keeping me up at night. I do not exaggerate. Every inch of 53rd Street and Avenue of the Americas, 6th Avenue, to 46th and 6th Avenue, Avenue of the Americas, was covered, covered. One person after the other selling fake designer bags and belts and hats and gloves. But now we're talking the street right here where Radio City, City Music Hall is, Fox News Studios, publishing houses, banking institutions, used to be a pristine, very gorgeous, clean area. Women and what appeared to me to be teen girls sitting on blankets on the dirty sidewalks because New York has become incredibly dirty because, you know, after all, Mayor Adams cut out our sanitation to, to pay for these illegal aliens that have flooded our city. Women and girls sitting on blankets, holding out babies, begging people, hungry, speaking in Spanish, speaking in English. All, I heard all different languages just in that seven blocks, wall to wall. I kid you not. Yeah. Hungry. We need money, food, help us. I, I, I became so overwhelmed by this sight. And people going about their business, just walking by, not stopping. What What is this? I have never in my entire life, I did not see this one year ago at Christmas time in New York City. What is going on here? There is only one answer, gentlemen, and that is close the border. Nothing nope. else matters. Close the border. Get rid of the people that don't belong here. I don't know what else to talk about because yeah. this is what has happened in such a short period of time. Did yeah. you see the footage? The footage of the the latest caravan now that they're threatening us oh, with. They say it's miles southern long. Mexico, just miles of people. It looks like Coachella or something. Well, the last count I got earlier today was sixteen thousand are in that caravan. Ah, there you go. So it's 16, gone up. So it's going up. It's going up constantly. We have uh, uh, the current occupant, that squatter. I will call him in the White House with his wife sunning themselves, you know, St. Croix in some mansion on the beach there. And we have crises upon crises. Again, is there a solution to all of this? No, it has closed yeah. the border. Now we have a mayor, Eric Adams, who held a joint press conference yesterday with the mayors of Denver and Chicago. I remind everybody, they said in the past, come here, join us. Sanctuary City will feed you, clothe you, house you, we'll take your children in. The people have come. And I'm seeing women, and I say girls, teenage girls, holding out babies, holding them up, help us, feed us, we're hungry. The people come here, and I've spoken to some of them, 
and they're just kind of dumped a lot of them. There are yeah. no resources. They may be thrown in a, you know, old hotel or some old apartment building. Then they're left to their own devices. We have lots of stories of domestic violence also occurring if they came with a husband or a boyfriend. What is this? Again, I say, close those borders, build that wall. Something must happen to make this yeah, occur. You, yeah. You know what it is, Lynn? It, it, it's, it's, it's a damn sight easier to signal virtue than actually be virtuous. And now all of a sudden, these virtue-signaling blue cities uh, all over the country are getting a taste of what it's like to actually have to live that virtuous line that they spew. And they're having a very tough time with it. You mentioned Eric Adams. Eric Adams' latest proposal is, well, if you bring in uh, illegals from uh, from other states, we're going to we're going to impound the buses that they arrive in. I mean, good Lord, well, where are we? And then when we talk, you talk about closing the border. I agree with you. But KJP said yesterday that since day one, President Biden has been urging brand new comprehensive immigration reform, not seal the borders. Before we seal the borders, we have to have a complete immigration reform. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. So they have no no, no plans whatsoever of sealing that border so long as Biden is in the White House, it sounds. They have no plan at all. I think we can all agree to that. They also, to go after bus companies, they also know, you know what? That's not going to work. That's just a lot of, you know, lip service. That's just a lot of uh, uh, nothing at this point. But I want to remind both of you, Eric Adams and these other mayors, they don't want to stop this or make changes to immigration policy. They are all looking for more monies to handle all of this. And I'm also yeah. being told the work we do at the Warriors with, with different people working on the border. They don't want to stop it. They just want more money to bring more people in. But I ask you something we, you know, year end, let's talk about whatever happened to that story about the 85,000 unaccompanied minors that showed yeah. up. That was last February. Whatever happened yep. to that? I, yeah. I never yeah. heard any follow-up to that. Where no. is it? And so now we probably have 250,000 kids, right? At least, at least. And I, I, see, I keep seeing people reference that number and I keep thinking that same thing to myself. I didn't even become aware of that number until March or April and found out it was from February. And it's like, well, what is the number now? This, this is a, an exponential curve at this point. It must be. I mean, the numbers that we're seeing come across the border in total have gone up. We're seeing 10,000 in certain sectors in a week, in a month sometimes. It's, I mean, 10,000 in one week we saw last time. And now we've got yeah. 16,000 on the way. Probably more people piling in as they make their way from Southern Mexico to 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 who knows tucson sector i don't know which whichever sector they're headed to and also i just want to circle back to something you said steve you said about um kjp i think she's the smartest woman going around she just lies to our faces every single day this is the same woman i recently heard she also said somebody asked about east uh, palestine remember that story with the train oh, yeah. wreck and she said president biden still has on his agenda to visit the residents of East Palestine. <laughs> I ask you, what is he waiting for? We know it's all he, lies. We know yeah, it's he's, wa he's waiting for people to stop asking about it. He's, he's, he's waiting for a new news cycle to come and bury it. Okay, but so here's pathetic. what I want to know. I'm blaming Democrats and Republicans for everything right now. They are both. Both parties are not stepping up and taking care of business. Would you agree with that? 
because there's a lot of people yelling back and forth, a lot of this uh, discussion blaming the other ones, but the bottom line is what's trickling down to you and me? What's trickling down to our society, our Americans? And forget whatever you think about this illegal alien situation, what's happening to these people? This is a humanitarian crisis when I'm seeing women and girls holding up babies on Avenue of the America, across the street from Radio City Music Hall, come to our Christmas spectacular, and women are begging for food for their babies? I, I never, and the Fox Studios, right in front of their Fox Studios, I, I haven't tuned into them lately, but are they showcasing this on their Fox and Friends morning show? Who's talking about it? I, I don't hear or see anybody talking about it. No, no, you're right. This is this is a, a uniparty problem that we are suffering right here. Um, and and what all that is trickling down to the American people, as well as many of these poor persons that have come across the border illegally, is austerity and loss and fear. You know, these seem to be, and, and you know, high crime, poor education, the whole thing, it all just falls apart from there. And it's ricocheting onto everybody, Lynn. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. And, and, and we also lose many of our Americans that are unhoused out there right now, too. Like, you can't even hardly spot them in an environment like that, I wager. I, you can't, because all I'm seeing are these illegal aliens all over the streets. I very rarely these days, I don't know what happened to them. I am seeing these people, these poor people, uh, you know, sleeping on the streets. I very rarely in the last month see them. I, I don't know where they all went. Maybe they got smart somehow. And I don't mean to like be funny about any of this. Maybe they left town. Maybe they thought, well, I'm better off if I go to like, you know, Pennsylvania or something. There's nothing here for me. So I I ask you though, what what happens to vulnerable people? Whether it's an American, whether it's one of these illegal aliens, they fall into traps of crime usually. That is trafficking. That is trafficking of, of themselves, of drugs, of selling their children because they become so desperate. This is what happens. This is what our government is allowing. I ask you again, Republicans and Democrats, where is everybody? And don't I don't want to hear, I should leave New York. Many people say that to me since that whole COVID. I don't even like to say that dirty word. But since all of that, leave New York. Why do you live there? Well, somebody has to stay and fight for our beloved city. Why should I leave my hometown, right? I want to be here to raise these issues, to portray to you, to show you what's going on here, to give you the truth, because we know we're certainly not getting it from any of these mainstream news platforms. They are just glossing everything over and how to how to create the newest eggnog or something like that lately. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah. yeah, well yeah. said, Lynn. Well said. And, you know, the other thing is you can't just run away from it because this is being done all over the country. All of our cities and states will be turning into this if we don't dig in and do the work. And that's what Lynn Shaw is so good at over at Lynn's Warriors. Go to YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed at Lynn's Warriors. Who knows? You might even see me over there one of these days <laughs> hanging out with Lynn. Right, Lynn? <laughs> We're just about out of well, time, you know, Lynn. You let, Take the us cat out. Out of, you let the cat out of the bag. There you go. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you are welcome. Steve is welcome. I want voices. I want truth. I don't want propaganda. I am through. Got to run, TNT. Lynn. This is Thank State you. of the Nation on today's News Talk.